Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy. Brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. In this third and final episode of our What is Hedging series, we'll talk about who hedges using the London Metal Exchange, including why and how they do it. I'm Christian Clavidecher, and joining me will be our Chief Analyst, Robin Barr, and Gold Street Advisors CEO, Lachlan Tulin. Having covered the basics of hedging over the course of the last two episodes, today we'll get into some detail and take you through the mechanics of actual hedges. Granted, we'll simplify things a bit and use basic scenarios created to clearly illustrate how the process works. But that's the point of these episodes, and we hope you will come away with a better understanding of the practice of hedging, particularly in the commodity markets. So, without any further ado, I'll pass the mic to our good friend, Robin Barr. Thanks, Christian. Buyers and sellers of physical metal use metal exchanges, including uh, London Metal Exchange, but also uh, the CME in the US uh, and the Shanghai Futures Exchange in China. They use these exchanges to gain protection from movement in prices, whether they're up, down, or even sideways. The London Metal Exchange is the world's centre for industrial metals trading, with the equivalent of three and a half billion tonnes of metal traded annually. So that's over 100,000 trades a day. And if we give a uh, dollar value, that equates to some 15 trillion notional that is cleared annually. Let's start with this in terms of the, the hedging element. What is it that prompts a producer or consumer of metal to hedge in the first place? Let's put it this way. Their, their hedging activities are ultimately set according to their production or purchasing programs. But they can also be opportunistic and they can use the LME and other exchanges to lock in sales when prices are historically high or purchases when prices are historically low. So a miner, a smelter or fabricator using metal, in other words, a producer of metal or metal products could sell an LME contract at a forward date to lock in the revenue to be earned from a future physical sale. Equally, a merchant could do the same to protect the value of his inventory. He's holding metal, and clearly the value of that metal could go down over the coming months. This is called a short hedge. So you're hedging your inventory. You're basically fixing the price of that inventory, regardless of price movements. Meanwhile, an industrial participant could buy a contract to the forward date. This is called a long hedge to fix their future raw material costs. They have a lot of future dates to choose from. Contracts on the LME can trade out to 10 years into the future, depending on the metal. Got it. So let's say a metal producer or consumer puts a hedge on, meaning that they have established a long or short futures position in the market. How do they deal with that position when it comes prompt? Although LME contracts can be physically settled, meaning a short position can be settled by delivering actual metal into an exchange warehouse and receiving the contract price for it, or a long position settled by paying the contract price and taking up ownership of the metal, the vast majority of hedge positions will realise profit or loss 
on the difference between the price a contract is bought at and the price it is sold at before expiring. All right, clear. Let's get our listeners an example of a producer hedge. So let's say there's a copper producer that is getting financing from a bank to develop a mine. The bank has mandated that as part of the financing agreement, the producer must enter into some hedges to secure cash flows and minimize risk of losses. Take us through that process. So let's say it's February and a copper producer enters into an agreement to sell 2,500 metric tons of copper in August. And the LME price at the time for copper that will be delivered in August is $8,500 per ton. That gives the producer a short position, because he sold, of 2,500 tons of copper for August delivery, remember, at a price of $8,500 a metric ton. So August rolls around. Let's say that the August price for copper is now down to $8,000 a tonne, so $500 lower than uh, the uh, price in February. The producer can buy back the 2,500 metric tonne copper on the LME at that price, closing out that short position because it's already sold and locking in a profit of $500 a tonne or 1.25 million. Of course, the producer still has the actual physical metal to sell, which it can do at the going market price in August of $8,000 to a fabricator or other consumer in the market. Assuming the cost to produce that copper is somewhere south of $8,000 a tonne, uh, and the average cost of production of copper and nowadays is closer to $5,500 per tonne, the producer will also enjoy additional profits on the physical transaction. But obviously, if the price of copper drops below that production cost level, that hedge will be a real lifesaver for the producer. Indeed, that would be a lifesaver. So now that we've seen things from a producer's perspective, let's have Lachlan take us through a hedge for a market consumer. Lachlan? Thanks, Christian. One of the buy side players in commodity markets is a physical merchant. This is a trader that buys material from a producer and other merchants and provides pricing, logistics, storage, and price risk management services to the consumer, like a manufacturer, for example. Um, it's common practice for metal producers to sell the commodity to a merchant as soon as they produce it, as opposed to directly selling it to a consumer. Okay. And why is that? Um, well, a commodity producer may produce a constant flow of a commodity. Or in the case of agricultural producers, they have certain periods during the year when they supply large amounts of their production. The merchant is capable of buying these commodities and shipping them to a warehouse or directly to a consumer and financing this time of shipment or storage and managing the price risk using futures contracts on exchanges such as the LME or COMEX. A consumer might consume a regular monthly demand of a commodity, or they may also have seasonal shifts in their demand. The role of the physical merchant is to provide these matching services to the market, both the producer and the consumer, and indeed other merchants. You mentioned how merchants can use futures contracts to manage their price risk. How about consumers, like manufacturers that you mentioned, who ultimately pay for and use the metal? In much the same way as a producer hedges, only in this case, he is initially buying futures contracts. An example of this would be an auto manufacturer. A significant amount of aluminum is used in the production of automobiles. So the cost of aluminum figures pretty heavily into the final cost of production for each vehicle. 
knowing that cost and protecting it from any increases helps ensure profit margins. So let's say a car manufacturer knows that to produce 10,000 vehicles of a certain model a month for the second half of 2021, it needs 5,000 metric tons of aluminum per month. Looking at the prices for aluminum futures on the LME, the manufacturer sees that the average price for aluminum for delivery in each month of July through to December 2021 is $2,000 per metric ton. And that's roughly the figure they use in the calculation of the car's cost of production. The manufacturer can go and buy futures contracts for $5,000 a month from July through to December 2021 at $2,000 per metric ton. This way, if prices for aluminum rise over the course of the second half of 2021, they are protected from this risk. Right. And assuming things play out that way and come July, the price for aluminum is up to $2,100 a metric ton, what does the consumer do? The consumer then sells those futures contracts at the market price, which is $2,100, realizing a profit of $100 per metric ton on 5,000 metric tons. The consumer will then go to his source for the physical material, be it a merchant or a producer or indeed even a warehouse, and buy the 5,000 tons at market price, which is $2,100. The net effect is that the manufacturer has purchased the metal that it needs at the level is based on the pricing calculations, which is $2,000 per metric ton, protecting its profit margins for the month. That make any sense? It sure does, Lachlan. Thanks. And that will wrap up this final episode of our What is Hedging series. As I've suggested after previous episodes, don't hesitate to give this one another listen and maybe write things down as the scenarios are laid out to fully grasp the mechanics. And if you need any additional explanations on this topic or any other that we've covered, please leave a comment and we'll happily respond. I want to thank Robin and Lachlan for joining me today. And of course, I want to thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. Join us next week when we get up to date on all that's going on in the markets. I'm Christian Clavidecher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember to always keep an eye and ear on the forward curve.